My daughter is nearly two and a half years old at the time of this recording. When she was born, viewers and social media followers were great. My family and I got a lot of well wishes, several gifts, blankets people had crocheted, a few gift baskets. One woman even made her a teddy bear. It was fantastic. We felt a whole lot of love. One thing, which I was warned about, however, has started happening a bit more and more frequently. And it's just from a few people, I want to point that out, but it is happening. I'm getting, put politely, advice on how to raise my kid. Put more bluntly, people are criticizing my parenting, and in not very subtle ways. In fact, it's just rude. Now again, I knew this was going to be part of the dynamic as a person who works in the public eye with a child. I actually can't imagine what it's like for actual celebrities to have to truly shield their family from paparazzi. And I'm just talking here about a couple of people on social media, but it still bears mentioning. And it can be something horribly simple. One of the first times it happened, my daughter was still an infant. I posted a picture of my dog, Reggie, the kindest 30-pound wonder mutt you will ever come across, sitting next to her. Someone replied that I shouldn't be letting my dog near my daughter like that. And dear God, don't leave him alone with her. Truth is, I trust my dog alone with my daughter a lot more than I trust a lot of people alone with her. So there have been simple little criticisms like that for a while. The most glaring example came not too long ago when I put up a Facebook post saying how awesome I thought the Super Bowl halftime show was with Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. One person said something to the effect of, Nick, you have a beautiful daughter. Is that really what you want her to strive for? Another asked why I wouldn't want my daughter to be more ladylike. Okay. This is Alone at the Desk with Nick Lefebvre, a one-car ride podcast about an average middle-aged guy who just happens to be a TV news anchor. We talk about the boring, the exciting, and the mundane parts of life, the industry, and life in the industry. Brought to you by 13 On Your Side News in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The word ladylike really stopped me when I read that. Now, everyone is going to have a different idea about what that word means to them. When you hear the word ladylike, maybe you think of Jackie Kennedy. You associate that word with things like graceful and polite, even strong. And that is wonderful. I think it's fantastic. I think those are all applicable, great things. But I also think it's in how you apply the word, which can be the case for many words and phrases, not just this one. For me, it's about choice. If you choose to be like Jackie Kennedy, and you consider that to be ladylike, more power to you. For me, and I really have thought a lot about this, especially since I've had a daughter, ladylike is a word that has been foisted upon women by society all throughout history. And by society, I mean men. And they've used it to do one of two things, either to sexualize women or to repress them. This is why I say this. As far as using the word to sexualize women, two instances from the past come to mind. Have you ever read about or seen the tradition of foot-binding in Asian women? Look it up. But prepare yourself for the pictures. 
And for those of you who don't want to go and hit Google, I'll fill you in. Foot binding was almost exactly what it sounds like. Women's feet were continually constricted to the point that they were disfigured into disproportionately small shoes. It went on for centuries, and it didn't end until less than 200 years ago. Different statistics say different things, but up to 50% of women in China did it as a way to show either economic status or, here we go, as a sign of beauty. And that second one especially is what I'm getting at. That was considered ladylike, literal, physical, mutilation for the sake of what a woman was expected to be or look like. Second thing I thought about was something that is still very much in use today, corsets. Garment that pulls a woman's waist inward to make them thinner and, in some cases, push out the breasts. Again, this was obviously a sexualized practice. And again, was sometimes done to the point of physical injury. Women's ribs were breaking. And corsets, though not to the extreme way throughout history, are still in use today. In both instances, how women dress or present themselves dictated whether or not they were ladylike. And it extends to art. A portrait artist I recently hired mentioned how much she likes doing women in her work because throughout history it's been mostly men depicting women in art. Not as they are, but how men would like them to be. And you can see men's ideals of how a woman should change all throughout art history. And those are just a couple of the examples of how I think the concept of ladylike has sexualized women. The other I mentioned, how women have been repressed. Let's just start with the fact that women were not allowed to vote until the 20th century in this country. A woman's place is in the home, the good little wife, the little lady. All these tropes and phrases describe what men decided a woman's place should be and was. If they stayed in those places, that was ladylike. Now, if that is the role someone wants to have, again, God bless. This is all subjective, and I'm not about to slam anyone else's version of happiness. But before there was a choice in the way women have today, that's repression, or depending on how you want to look at it, oppression. Actually, that's not even a question. When women were fighting for the vote, there was full-fledged punishment and oppression because they were not in their place. They were not being ladylike. And this isn't ancient history, folks. My mom couldn't get a credit card in her own name without my dad's approval. And there are obviously things still being fought for today, like equal pay. So what is ladylike? One definition is, and I'm reading this directly, appropriate for or typical of a well-bred, decorous woman or girl. But even the definition that I just read you, there's subjectivity. What is appropriate? Through time, we've already examined several things that aren't appropriate for anyone by today's standards. So for the purposes of this podcast, what do I think is ladylike? Well, Jennifer Lopez has raised millions for physical fitness programs for kids. She's received an Amnesty International Award for her work highlighting the murders of women in northern Mexico. Her Lopez Foundation helps get health care for underprivileged women and children. Boys and Girls Club American Red Cross, Humane Society, a lot more. She's helped them all. I'd say all of that qualifies as ladylike. She grew up poor in the Bronx, worked hard to make a career out of a God-given talent. That's ladylike. In 1997, Shakira helped found a charity that currently runs five schools that provide education and food for 4,000 students. She's a UNICEF Goodwill Ambassador, speaks six languages, six. She's been writing poetry since she was a child, plays multiple instruments. All of that, to me, is ladylike. 
and oh, they can both dance and sing their asses off. That Super Bowl performance was ladylike as far as I'm concerned. It was artistically, athletically, glamorously, gobstoppingly ladylike with a sequin boot to the face off a pole. And in their 40s and 50s, they look better than most of us do in our 20s. So whatever ladylike is, I think it's all of that. But that's just what I think. Every single person listening may think ladylike is something entirely different. But when you get right down to it, none of our opinions matter. A woman asked me if I wanted my daughter to be ladylike, if I wanted my daughter to be like Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. My daughter will decide what she thinks ladylike means. She will have full agency over her own body, actions, and sexuality. If that means she becomes a professional dancer, I'll be proud. As long as she is happy and healthy, I will be proud. In the meantime, do I want my daughter to strive to be like Shakira and J-Lo? To be like two women who are smart, strong, talented, self-made millionaires who are philanthropic and charitable? Yeah, without question, I want my daughter to be like Shakira and J-Lo. This has been Alone at the Desk with Nick LaFave. If you'd like to hear more of our podcasts, just go to 13onyourside.com slash podcasts. You can also search Alone at the Desk on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and now Google Play. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.